Welcome to What? It is that show where some adults give each other a book report of a mystery, marvel, or machination of their choosing. And today it's just me and Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. This way it was, you know, meant to be in terms of like the world. It was destined to be. Destined. I have a leg update. Oh my God. I'm scared. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys that I was running and I fell. And I, I've, I've actually posted a picture of my leg to Twitter because it's been like it's all been. kinds of colors. It's, it's been a real fun journey. Mm-hmm. Today, um, well, I had an x-ray on Friday. It's not broken. Um, so, But the Shocking. doctor, as soon as he saw it, yeah, I know. No, seriously, as soon as he saw it, he was like, oh, yeah, you've broken something for sure. Like definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's cast that up, but let's just double check x-rayed it not broken just the biggest hematoma he said he's ever seen so props to me it's pretty cool and then today i went and saw an osteopath and they basically said that um the reason why it was such a massive bruise is because it's a super intense bone bruise that like from where i impacted like you know more about the body than me you know how the top of the tibia is like a little knobble right below your kneecap i hit that so hard that the bruise like it radiated down my whole shin bone my whole tibia and that's why my bruise was from like knee to ankle because my entire tibia is bruised yeah so sweet yeah i mean i know that you you know obviously for like the pumping action yeah i said it that your legs need to like move you around you have to shunt me around you have so much and i mean like the royal you like you have so much uh not just like obviously the muscles but like the ligaments and the fascia that cover your uh tibia they're so thick and they're so and they're so vascular that's why you can get shin splints you know when you run and stuff is shin splints are when the fascia and the ligaments separate from the bone so that's why it feels so bad. So yeah, I th- that makes sense. I mean, I, you know, obviously I'm not, not an osteopath, but that does make sense to me what they said that like, if you hit it hard enough that you really just sort of like wrenched all that shit, uh, that yeah. y- your body would respond by like being like, here, have blood. Just like have so much blood. <laughs> Please have some blood. <laughs> he is essentially, he said it was kind of like a tuning fork. He's like, so you know how you hit a tuning fork, you only hit it in one spot, but the whole thing vibrates. Yeah. That's what your bone did. <laughs> You're like, great. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Um, so I just have to keep it elevated and iced, which I'm not doing right That's now. That's true. But I will. I will at some point. Uh, second update. I have discovered what kind of gamer I am. What kind of gamer are you? Obsessional. Well, y- yeah. <laughs> like, I find a game and it's all I can think about until I've either finished it or, like, life gets in the way. Oh, totally. For it. Like, St- like Stardew Valley, when I first played that, it was like two weeks of my entire life that in the back of my head at all times, I was like, yeah, but then I've got to get my blueberries and then that's going to take eight days for the cabbages to come in. And then that's the most, and then I have to sell them at the shop. I have recently started doing that with this game, Spiritfarer. It's a resource management game. <gasps> that's it. That's the stuff. That's the good stuff. Where you're the new, like, per- you're, the, you're the new Charon. You're the new, like, take people to the underworld boat driver. Yes. And you have to find spirits and then like they ask you to do a bunch of little things for them, like build them houses and do like complete little requests. And it's just like dopamine, 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 dopamine. And uh, it's freaking rad. And I haven't put it down. Oh, also, uh-huh. your companion in the game is a little cat called Daffodil. Oh, that is and strong. She, she runs inside of Karen's robes at the beginning and takes this um, Everlight, which is what makes you the spirit fairer. And then he's like, oh, well, I guess also you then so daffodil helps you with everything because she has to be a spirit fairer too because she stole a little ball <laughs> very that cute that is strong very cute yeah i know i've um, been um i've been deep into well i've had like a couple of games because i think i feel similarly which is like i love my i love my rpgs and i can get like really into that space and it's been nice because i've been playing fallout 76 which you know is like mmo and so because of mm-hmm. that they've put limits on your inventory which kind of makes sense right because everything's being stored in a server as opposed to like on your on your personal thing so you can only Mm -hmm. have like 800 pounds 
of stuff in general at any given time, right. but you're constantly picking shit up, which it means that you have to like constantly be thinking about like, okay, well, I mean, I still have like this legendary like weapon, but like, am I really going to use it or should I like sell it for scrap? Or like, do mm -hmm. I need like, I have like these building materials, but like, am I going to add more to like my base or whatever? And I, people get really frustrated about like the materials cap and I do like get, I rage against it sometimes, but mostly <laughs> I'm like, this is like, this is soothing me. I think I've been mostly playing, vibing. And um, it is insane. Is uh, this game, uh, God, I don't even know what you would call it. It's, there's a t there's a name for it. It's a type of like mobile MMO. And first of all, I don't want to hear it from anyone. Uh, and it's called Legend of the Phoenix. And it is like a Japanese or no, I'm so sorry. It is a Chinese um, like uh, they call them like harem drama. So it's like a storyline where see normally in a harem drama, the whole point is that you want to like win the prince or the emperor's affection, but they really Okay, so you're like playing Bachelor? Kind of, yeah. But this one, Legend of the Phoenix, they've really flipped it on its head because what it is is you did that in your past life and then the crown prince murdered you. So it starts with you being murdered and your whole family is murdered. And you're like, and with your dying breath, you vow that in the next life you'll get revenge. And then it opens in your next life. Yes. But you still remember everything that happened and you set off on like the most complicated like path of revenge by working your way up like as a maid in the palace and then you like collect confidants and they're <laughs> insane and one of them is inexplicably henry the eighth and he has the he has like so henry the eighth is my confidant that is helping me fuck over the crown prince in the Incredible. in the empire one of them is inexplicably because it's a chinese game you think they were just like this guy's famous yeah no and they're the only there. okay henry the eighth and his so each okay i don't want to get super into it each confidant has is paired with a partner and a partner is somebody who just helps you with their momentum in battles. Right, 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 right. And so for some unknown reason, only Henry VIII and his partner, Catherine, who seems to be like uh, based off of not Catherine of Aragon, but like Catherine Medici, uh, they're the only <laughs> white people in the game. Everybody else is like <laughs> Zhu Wenwing and like, and right. like, you know, Wei Jay and like all these people. And it takes place in China, in Beijing, but Henry VIII and Catherine de' Medici are there. But, but they're there. Sure, they're sure. And there. all the yeah, the voice actors are insane. A couple of them are British. One of them is Cockney for like no reason. His name is G. K. Yes. And there's always one. And then Henry is not British, even though some of the other ones are. But he has like the worst voice actor, and Connor makes fun of him all the time because he goes, "I desire for power and fame, but what I ultimately desire <laughs> is for you to be by my side." Wow. That's really good. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. This is worth it. Give me a second. Don't get it. You're just gonna Don't wanna you're just up. gonna wanna go ahead and give me like one second. Anyway, this is okay. one of those games where it's like there's like a billion things to tap and it's like, oh you've like right. claimed this. So go claim like all your lotus flowers, and then you can exchange them for uh agate jade, which is gonna allow you to increase your intimacy with Henry. <laughs> and it's like Very yeah, good. Yeah, and you can really get in that space. I got Celia, a common repeat guest on this show i got celia into uh -huh. it so every once in a while she will just send me like what new confidant she get and i'm like you fucking bitch okay so oh so we Zhao bao is my favorite confidant ellie you're not looking i am the other cool thing with the comp okay. the other cool thing with the confidants is that they all have exactly one character trait so his is trick like he just loves to trick <laughs> like there's one and i was really excited to trick. get him but then it turns out that his one character trait is just sick which is like pretty lame. Oh. Uh, like he's always sick and he has the- Life is long, but we can face it hand in hand. We can grow old together and w watch each other's hair turn white. Terrible, terrible. Oh my I God. This is Henry and then we'll let this go. I desire for power and fame, but what I ultimately desire is for you to be by my side. Horrific. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so that's Legend of the Phoenix. I highly suggest that you guys look it up. Yeah, it sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's strong. It's all free. I have paid some money. Do we have a fact bank? Do we have five fun fast facts? It's definitely your turn to do five fun fast facts because I told you about Dildo Canada last week. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Here they come. I have them. You know, you could just tell us like five things about England and we wouldn't even know. Some people would know. Who would know? I'm sure we have. <laughs> How would they know? How would, how would they know? <laughs> How would they know? 
I'm sure we have some listeners in England, even if it's just my mum. And you know she'll call me on if I make a lie. That's why it would be funny. Five hard and fast facts. One, have you heard of Kay Antonelli? Kay Antonelli? Mm-hmm. Not the person that owns Antonelli's cheese shop where I buy lots of cheese. N- no. Her f- official civil service title, as printed on her t- employment documentation, was computer. What? <laughs> she Her job was computer. And she invented the subroutine, which all programming is now based on. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. A smart woman. Oh, she's like a little smart gal. Did you know, number two, did you know that the United States gained the nickname Uncle Sam after soldiers began referring to food delivered during the War of 1812 by Samuel Wilson as Uncle Sam's? The barrels had been stamped with U.S. for the United States. So they're like, oh, it's Uncle Sam's. U.S. Uncle Sam's. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, number three, one of the largest contributors to the Oxford English Dictionary was William Chester Minor. Mr. Minor was a convicted murderer who, while working on the dictionary from his asylum cell, cut off his own penis. Oh. <laughs> well, that's... So... Okay. Yeah. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know? Number four. Yes. No, I didn't know. There's a famous... There's a famous 1915 typo in the Washington Post when President Woodrow Wilson was reported as entering his fiance instead of entertaining his fiance. Oh no! <laughs> Especially back then, that must have been incredibly scandalous. Oh, extremely! Can you imagine? I cannot. And then number five, finally, the chainsaw was originally invented for cutting human bone and cartilage during surgeries. Mm, I said. And then they're like, "Wait, we could use this on trees." Uh, that explains why I'm, like, so afraid of them all the time. You know what? It wasn't just, like, a weird paranoia. Yeah. I think it was actually my past it's like, life. Yeah, it's it's past, it's past life. That's how you died no! before you got into <laughs> Right, is it Rise of the... What is it called? Legend of the Phoenix. Legend of the Phoenix. Rise of the Phoenix is something yeah. else. Yeah, I, like. I mean, Phoenixes do rise, X-Man. so you're correct. But, like, this is really about, like, the legend that, like, I am building around myself. Chelsea, I'm so excited about my topic this week. I think that it's like, mm, I feel like it's just like so up your strata. Yeah, it's crunchy. Um, I feel like you're going to know about it too. And so I feel, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm really, okay, well, you've really, uh, you've really gotten my gears going. There's no way I didn't know where to go with it and how to make it not gross. <laughs> but I am very excited. Oh, my you, know, you really know how to get my engine revving. You really tickled my pickle. Yeah. <laughs> my pickle, consider it tickled. So <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about mine, too. I feel like it is, again, a rare instance in which I'm not like, it's not like Chelsea Bummer Hour, where I just like bring you something that's really upsetting. So this one's actually like yucks. It's like all yucks, very few like, What's like, yuck, yuck, yuck. Like I'm laughing. Oh, right, right, right. It's, it's yums. It's yums, not yucks. It's all yums. It's not yucks. I was thinking like H-Y-U-C-K, which is like mm-hmm. an old-fashioned way of like, like <laughs> yeah, of like talking about like somebody laughing. Like, <laughs> but I'm thinking, I don't know. Who does that? I don't know. No, I like yeah, yeah. it's ah. So my title is Self-Harm for Self-Help. Good God. That sounds dark. Well, <laughs> it, it's more like extremely interesting. Okay, it's a little. It's dark. a little dark. Okay, cool. I'm glad that you could be bringing the uh, the rain clouds this week. Yeah, self harm sure. for self care. Self help. Self harm for self help. Uh, is it about toxic positivity? Mm, it is very tangentially related to it touches that. like. Your touch, there's yeah, mm-hmm. there's touches of it. It's about cults. Ooh. It's about a cult. Oh, uh, not the occult one in just one a particular cult. cult. One cult, just one cult. Uh, it's about a cult that like. Is it about that cult that the uh, Netflix documentary was about? That's a trick question. They've made so many of those. I don't know. <laughs> could be. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm very excited. I don't know which cult it is. Mm. I, most of the cults I know about are pretty upsetting. Like, they... they yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it about, uh, was it like, Nixum or however you say it? Yeah! Yes! It's about Nexium. Nexium. Uh, I want you to know that that was on my short list for topics, and, like, how insane would it have been if... 
if we both if we did had it. finally like accidentally done the same topic and that would have been so funny because we would just been piggybacking and being like yeah and then also this <laughs> well it's also a topical topic because his sentencing is in october oh snap but we'll get into it mine is uh mine's a real softball of a title okay. but i was just like so tickled by it once i said it out loud in my head yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay know, uh that i couldn't let go yeah. of it yeah and it's a. Uh, Domo arigato, Mr. Mascato. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot of fun. That is fun. And that is fun. Uh, Mascato is of that sweet sweet wine. Yes, but that is, I think, spelled differently. I think it has a U in it, and I'm oh. saying Mr. Mascato. Mascato. Huh. Okay, so it's nothing to do with wine. Is it? Uh, is Mr. Mascato? Uh, from Japan, or is it just was it just fun? Yes, Japan does play a central role in this topic. Nice. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I have no really? idea. Look up stuff. Is it? Are you like? Is it a a telling of a of a famous Japanese person's life events? <sighs> no, not, like not a single Japanese person. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm excited. I want. I. I. I want to hear it. Should we start with rain clouds or <laughs> rain clouds? One more time. Should, uh, should we do? Should we do dark and then bring it back into the light? With... Yeah, I think that's probably smart. Yeah. Let's start with those rain clouds. <laughs> the so-called self-help group Nexium. Very important detail here. It's spelled N-X-I-V-M. Yeah, they really went there. But I, yeah, it's Nexium, which is also a heartburn medication, I think. But yeah, I that's think what it, it is. It's something mm-hmm. like that. This self-help group gained notoriety as a sex cult in 2017 when its leader, Keith Ranieri, I believe it is, it's a um, Brazilian name, mm-hmm was convicted of sex trafficking, racketeering, and conspiracy after testimony that he had created a harem of sexual quote-unquote slaves branded with his initials and kept in line with blackmail. Uh, right now, he is up for life in prison. And this dude's this dude is crazy. Like, okay, I so I read so many articles about this and I was like, there was so much information to get through and like, whoa. Okay, so let's start at the beginning, probably, huh? Yeah. So this dude co-founded Nexium with a lady called Nancy Salzman uh, in Albany, New York in the 1990s. And it was branded as a self-help organization. Eventually, more than 16,000 people paid substantial amounts of money to take the group's classes in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. To put that in perspective, Scientology has something like 25,000 active members. Damn. So it was like, so it's kind of up It was there. like in their sphere. Oh yeah, if it was approaching Scientology's sphere, I'm sure they weren't happy about no. it. They're very rarely happy so, about things. No, that's <laughs> true. So the language around this, what it's definitely a cult, but the language around like the way that they pretend it's not a cult is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So they talk about being like upgraded and how you can like upgrade your emotional state. And it's all about, it's aimed at women very much. And it's all about being the best woman that you can be and the mo- and achieving big dreams. And you can do that by literally reprogramming your brain through this guy's quote unquote technology. So it really was kind of like geared towards women. Oh yeah. Specifically. Oh yeah. Specifically, oh. yeah. So this reporter goes to see Nancy Salzman while she's doing like a session with one person who's like in Nexium and like part of it her name was Jacqueline she was 27 she was a, she was a psychology student and she said to this journalist that she hadn't experienced anything as effective as Nexium so Keith Ranieri Keith Ranieri who started this whole thing believed his organization could heal individuals and transform the world and yet yeah, like I said he did this through technology that was meant to rewire your emotional self so his partner, Nancy Salzman, has training in neurolinguistic programming, which involves hyp- hypnosis and techniques of mirroring another individual to create a deep rapport. Mm-hmm. And she was about to embark on this therapy session, which this reporter was allowed to sit in on. So she asked Jacqueline to cast her mind back to her childhood, which is like a very common part of these Nexium sessions. 
Jacqueline had come to her with a phobia. She was terrified of flying. She flipped out mm -hmm. if she got on a plane. Like one time she like got off it and then she wasn't allowed back on and she missed her flight and she was like done with having this problem. And Salzman's like, okay, yeah. And she talks in like a near whisper. And she asked Jacqueline a stream of intimate questions, not only about her fear of flying, but about her parents' relationship. She ascertained that Jacqueline believed her mother was ill-used by her father, who often forced the family to move home all the time by plane. And so Salzman clearly posited that these issues, the fear of flying and the fact that her mother was abused by her father and her in her inability therefore to be independent were kind of all connected mm -hmm. she says we are controlling our own lives all the time we are all in complete control okay jacqueline's mom had been in control but chose to be a victim and jacqueline was in control and had chosen to be a victim too oh. she says she says to jacqueline are you pretending to be a helpless woman are you pretending to be a helpless woman i hate shit like this I know. And then she goes on. It gets even like, it's so weird. She says, women are allowed to be dependent on men. A great part of being a woman is no matter how you screw up your life, you can always move back in with your dad. What? <laughs> I know. It's like very much like everybody's got a water buffalo. Like, no, they don't. Uh, every time you've chosen to stay dependent, you've made a decision to not be independent. Hmm? Right. Mm. So, so within half an hour, Jacqueline had upgraded her belief system. And she said that her whole like fear of flying was gone. And she also agreed to do something that terrified her every day for 30 days. Um, and that she would face her fears, which is like a whole part of Nexium that like facing the things that you're afraid of is what makes you badass. Mm -hmm. These experiences, they call this integrating. Like an intense hypnot hypnotic secret telling sessions. They call them explorations of meaning or EM for short. Okay. So you explore the meaning of a memory and observe the m misperception that it's made it that's made it painful, and you reduce the power that it has over you. It's like a very kind of twisted therapy, right? It's the most potent way to deconstruct an emotional trigger and permanently change the way you process it, apparently. Um, and then you come out of that session feeling light, buoyant, and really and more powerful. <laughs> this one got me. A member said to this uh, journalist while he was like investigating all of this. We're just trying to create joy. Mr. Ranieri himself asked his followers, started asking the followers of Nexium to call him Vanguard. <laughs> what a <laughs> But he attracted super high profile adherents like Alison Mack, who played Superman's girlfriend in Smallville. Yeah. Uh, a liquor heiress, Claire Bronf Bronfman. And then like, it's already weird, right? And then so, th so there's a self-help cult and they do this integrating thing mm -hmm. and it's very much based on like being a better person and f and facing the choosing fears of your childhood. Choosing to be a better person. Choosing <laughs> to be a better person. And, and, and then it gets even weirder. So he forms a secret subgroup called DOS mm. in which women were assigned to have sex with him. Well, duh. I mean, that's just the next logical <laughs> step. Many followers of his believed his teachings could be so powerful that they could change the weather. He he kind of portrayed himself as this misunderstood genius, spied upon by government agencies, of course, as part of a conspiracy that reached the highest levels because his high because his IQ was so high. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna want to have a little bit of that come into you, so that is how. You yeah, know. you're gonna want to pepper your life with how amazing i am right or just like take it um, into yourself however you know that works out for you take it into your own vessel yeah <laughs> he so this this journalist gets gets this journalist like sits down and has lunch with this guy and in which rainier told him or ranieri told him that what he does every day is walk and think he says he walks 20 miles a day and during those walks he thinks about how to solve humanity's problem and he says I'm like a nerd who has read too much, only I've thought too much. <laughs> okay, that is, uh, that is a lot. <laughs> Isn't that amazing to actually, like, say to someone with a straight face? I, it's really hard for me to imagine, just, like, not even have, like, 
I think like even if I believed that I were the smartest person, which like I know that I'm only like the top 100, and like even if I thought I was the smartest person, and even and especially <laughs> that if I thought that like the government was after me because of how like smart and like you know inventive and like on the front line, aka Vanguard, like my ideas were, I think I would be even more reticent to like mention it to people, not not like sit down with journalists and be like oh me actually like uh i figured it out and like don't tell anyone because they're all really mad but also yeah. write about it <laughs> actually i figured, I figured it, out. it out and like don't ever tell but like also please write about it but actually do tell but about do it. go ahead and tell someone everyone it w- it was interesting that um the women that he seemed to have a real uh connection to was, were also very wealthy that you know that is shocking. isn't that a bit strange Nexium works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ultimate Nexium member was, and this is in quotation marks, potent, which in Nexium lingo means not only rich, but emotionally disciplined, self-controlled, attractive, physically fit and slender, or in the word most members themselves prefer to use, badass. Okay. But also if they were like self-controlled and self, like emotionally disciplined, wouldn't they be less likely to be taken over by like, a sex cult. And therein lies the rub, you think, huh? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. It's interesting that most of today's upper class is engaged in a friend of this frenzy of self-improvement. Right. right? You want to be skinnier, healthier, younger looking, smarter, nicer. Uh, and also since Trump got elected, more politically aware. Yeah, more active, more philanthropic. You want to eat more vegetables. <laughs> do all the stuff but this age seems more narcissistic than ever before and then like you were saying for some reason more beholden to these like snake oil things yeah it's put many individuals in the grip of an uneasy self-image toggling between unrealistic grandiosity and soul crushing envy which i think relates a bit to the talk we had about social media oh yeah totally so nexium was just like perfectly positioned at the right time to be this like self-improvement gospel that fooled a lot of women all this information came up at the trial many people testified against him a lot of women who had been in nexium had got out and surprise surprise he's some of these stories like he's deeply deeply misogynistic he would demanded he demanded that members of dos starve themselves to attain the physique he liked and sometimes would grunt like a pig at them when they were eating no not him and also my (laughs) ex-boyfriend oh not him and also loads of men <laughs> yeah uh, just in case anybody needed like the extra like reminder today it is a red yeah. flag <laughs> you shouldn't ignore that's it a, that's a big red flag guys he had like a, do- a dozen girlfriends within nexium some of them who were underage he was like quote unquote well he was abusing this 15 year old who then like said that she was gonna reveal it and so he confined her in a room for two years oh my and God. demanded that she apologize or he'd send her back to Mexico. Oh. So just a real nice guy. Um, obviously, he denies all of this. So allegedly. Yeah. You know, you have to say that. So then here, these are some of, the, some of the people who joined this inner circle. So like Nexium began to disintegrate partly because in 2015, he decided to form this clandestine subgroup DOS. An acronym for a Latin phrase that roughly translates to Master of the Obedient Female Companions. Mm. Was it like Dominus something subservium or I don't know. I'm just Yeah, pretty much. Ugh. Pretty much. <sighs> he recruited eight women, Alison Mack being one of them, and they like within that happily used, like they would call him master and it was it basically it was like a sex cult MLM. So these women had to go recruit other women, and then they would be masters. And these women, were, these new women, would call themselves slaves, and they would have to do things for the women above them to like graduate and and become you know i guess a, a big question <laughs> is uh if you if you recruit enough women do you no longer have to have sex with that guy or is it like unfortunately the other way around where it's like once you graduate then you have to have sex with that guy it's much more like that oh. one. <laughs> yeah neither was um, good but <laughs> it was like this which is my c- kind of se- second idea for a title it was like an heiress illuminati oh yeah that that would have also been fun, but I liked yours. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the two daughters of Edgar Bronfman Sr., former head of... C- the, who is, he's the former head of the Seagram Company. Pamela Kafritz, who died in 2016. Who, she was the daughter of political donors Bill and Buffy 
Kath Reeds, as well as TV genre actress actresses who discovered Nexium on location in Vancouver, one of them being Nikki Klein, who's in Battlestar Galactica, and of course, Alison Mack. They were to- I don't understand how anyone wanted to do this. So they were told that DOS was formed to empower women, and a condition of joining was that they had to provide collateral, embarrassing and or incriminating information, including nude, nude pictures and false confessions of things. And I think the tool, the kind of idea was like all these women would keep each other accountable to be the best selves, to do the diets, to do the exercise, to like keep being quote unquote badass. And so they had stuff that they could like hold over each other's heads to be like, well, if you don't do that marathon, then I'm going to release these nude pictures on social, which is so fucking weird. Oh, yeah. And so then the famous branding was that to be in DOS, members had to be branded with his initials. And what's weird is that, like, in the trial, it's come up that it was his idea. But in one of these articles about it, Alison Mack says it was her idea. Oh. Which is wild. Real she weird said, flex. So she said, really strange to be like, actually, that horrific thing, that was me. <laughs> because she said, people get drunk and tattoo on their, like, tattoo BFF on their ankle I have two tattoos and they mean nothing to me. I wanted to do something more meaningful and something that took guts. What? I do remember, I feel like I read an an article when the Nexium stuff was very first coming out. So like there was not a lot of like, um, there was not a lot of corroborated information yet. You know, it was just like bits and pieces that were starting mm-hmm. to starting to surface. And there was one where somebody who was like a former member was like, oh yeah, like there was branding. So they're like, it's not as big of a deal as like the media was making out to be. It was just like a thing that you would do, uh, you know, like a tattoo. And I was like, oh, oh, I think it's still a big deal. And I think especially yeah. like in context, real big deal. It was like, they told these girls that it represented the four elements or like the seven chakras or Alpha and Mu, like Greek characters. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it again, contained within that is a K and an R. Right. Um, and no, like not everyone was told that. Great. When that when that came out, like you were saying, some people were like, yeah, well, it's whatever. And, but hundreds of members fled like the bigger Nexium when they found out that there was this like subgroup that was doing this like really weird shit. Mm-hmm. And that's when the media got involved and they were like, maybe this isn't a self-improvement thing. And maybe this is a sex slave cult actually. Yeah. I think it might be a sex slave cult. No, guys, it's just a cult where we also have sex. We have sex and we brand each other. Oh, come on, and we and we also black- We willingly blackmail each other. Why is that so yeah, bad? Yeah, I guess you're not. I guess you're <laughs> not a badass. So, a federal investigation started, culminating in Mexican police plucking Renarier from his pricey villa. Allison Mack was arrested and later released on $5 million bail. They were both charged with sex trafficking and conspiracy to commit sex trafficking and forced labor. And federal agents also raided Salzman's home, Nancy Salzman, seizing over half a million dollars in cash, some of it in shoeboxes. But she was never charged with a crime. And she remains just being Nancy Salzman. (laughs) Just a person. While uh, Renarier himself is in federal jail on the Brooklyn waterfront as being, after being denied bail as a flight risk, because obviously. Yeah. It came up in the trial that he had asked everyone, including Nancy Salzman's daughter, Lauren, to lie about his involvement in the group. Shocking. <laughs> she testified that she had misled reporters and the public on purpose. And he <laughs> prosecuted to say that his complete unwillingness to acknowledge his actions and accept any kind of guilt has continued as he maintained contact with followers while awaiting sentencing, even entering aliases for some of them onto a Bureau of Prisons contact list so he could still communicate with them from inside of jail. And that was allowed? Which then... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> then they were like, hey, new. No. <laughs> um, according to government exhibits filed... Very recently, Mr. Uh, Renarier sent an email in November to Nikki Klein off of Battlestar Galactica saying, the sorority is good, not just good and even noble, but great. Oh. So he's still like, this is still happening. He's encouraged his supporters to develop a podcast, of course, (gasps) and set up a contest in which members of the public would be invited to find purported errors in his prosecution and trial in exchange for a cash prize. So he's trying to serial himself. Oh. Not yeah. even an and original like, idea. No, I- <laughs> embarrassing. Quite embarrassing. 
He says the situation has been a purely political, envy-driven, money-powered lie per- perpetrated by certain politicians, prosecutors, lobbyists, agents, judges, and people of influence. And he's very committed to finding his case and believes that he will be vindicated. So I guess we'll find out uh, when he gets sentenced on October 27th. <laughs> But he maintains he maintains his innocence throughout all of this, of course. And that is the story of of Nexium or Nexivium, Nexivium. I think perhaps like the hyperbole of self help culture. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was like if any if anyone that we knew was like, okay, I've got an idea. A, we're all sisters. We brand each other. We have sex with this dude. B, you send me the most embarrassing shit that you can about yourself. And if you ever break this promise of being badass and striving for what's good and improving your life, I will reveal all the worst things that you don't want anyone to know to everyone. See, here's the thing. I I feel 50-50. Not that I, not 50-50 in terms of being into it. I want in. <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> yes. No, when you say like, can you imagine if anybody we knew? It's like, can I imagine anybody I, oh. we knew saying, hey, I'm going to brand you and also like have sex with this guy? I know that I, I'm coming up blank on that one. But yeah. there are some people in our lives that I could imagine doing a version of like, okay, so like, look, we are sisters in this. We are sisters together in the sisterhood of womanhood. And you know what? I need to know that you're serious about this. You need to come up with a creative and innovative way to keep yourself in line. And if that means, you know, like taking like, stuff into each other's hands, if that means like putting risk as part of it, then that's what we need to do. Like, I can see that. That's not that hard. Yeah. And it's very upsetting. Yeah. But yeah, my answer would be, oh, no. No. I mean, think about, haven't you ever seen those apps where it's like, you download the app and it connects, you connect your bank account to it. And then. It, oh, then it texts you shit. Like, should you really be buying that? Not only that, but no, there's another one that's like, you connect your bank account and then you set up like habits or goals. And then if you don't meet them, it takes money out of your account. So it's supposed to, it's supposed to add like an incentive that like, that it's supposed to like up like the oh. level of need or desire for you to like make this habit. So you have to like track your, you know, steps or whatever. And if you don't make enough steps, you don't get your heart rate monitor up or whatever it'll take five dollars out of your account that's so funny because i kind of have i guess i kind of have one of those with the health insurance plan yeah go on tell tell, tell them about it l so the well (laughs) the health insurance plan that i'm on was like hey we'll send you an apple watch and if you complete all these like healthy things inside of our health insurance app then then it continues to be free but if you don't then you pay it off to the tune of like eight bucks and um every month (laughs) and i like often get an email that's like hey you didn't do shit this month you have to pay me eight dollars and i'm like worth it (laughs) so it's really not working for you (laughs) that incentive plan it really kind of it does the opposite i think for me you're like wait i'm like tell tell me what to do fuck yourself sounds like you've signed up for a service where you get to pay eight dollars a month for the right to do like fuck all and not yes. feel bad about it you're like well i paid my eight dollars yeah. so well fuck it yeah i've already done it or like and at first obviously you know when you get a new thing then you're like super into it and i was like tracking all the stuff and doing it and obviously this was before like leg gate but yeah um yeah no 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 like if a thing pops up on my phone it's like this this week you have to run 50 miles in 103 degrees outside to not pay eight dollars i'm like i just give you my fucking eight dollars <laughs> i'm not doing that smell and fairly chilling very chilling very upsetting but like kind of inspiring so i mean i guess like i'll give you like <laughs> eight points for the upsetting factor but then like maybe like three points for like but like should we <laughs> team next <laughs> but like well i'm just thinking like you already like your parents already live in like a fancy barn which feels like a place that could be like repurposed for like a oh. cult like you know you you like yeah, you turn yeah, all the yeah. lights off you light all those candles like that's a cult space baby that yep that that actually does make sense yeah so i'm just gonna go ahead and let you noodle on that one for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you know what let, you know what i don't need to let's do it <laughs> you know what I don't need, i'm sold all right. Well, you ready? You ready for me to bring you back up to lift you up where you belong? Yeah, let's lift us all up. All right. Domo arigato, Mr. Mescato. So, Ellie. Yeah. What does a roof tile with legs, a deer hunter hunting deer, and an unemployed dog all have in common? Um, a deer hunter hunting. 
a deer hunter who is hunting deer? No, a deer that hunts deer hunters. Um, things that shouldn't be. Oh, Dog, dogs need jobs. They love it. It's true. I would argue that they are things that I'm so glad exist because all of those are examples of Japanese mascots. Oh, or Yuru Kiara, which I'm gonna say I'm gonna. This is a great time for this. Uh, for this disclaimer, I have not been to Japan and I've never studied Japanese as a language. My boyfriend does make me watch anime, and we're not allowed to watch it dubbed. And so I am. That is my experience with the Japanese language, and I'm going to do my best because I think that everyone should do their best to try yeah. to read or accurately portray other languages. But please don't come from my neck. If these don't, are incorrect, I'm going to do my best. Don't at her. Yeah. Also, she me. was. Also, side note: she was going to go to Japan, and then we all got pandemic. That's true. So. We literally had a trip to Japan planned for about right now, so it's great. Maybe that's why I wanted. Maybe that's why this one called to me. So yeah. I started learning about how Japan has like this really intense mascot culture, and I know you might be thinking, "Well, we have mascots." And when I say we, United States, because I know that like in England, I don't know if you guys have mascots, but I do know that you guys have hooligans, which is not the same. It is not. <laughs> Can you imagine just like a statue of like a big beer belly dude outside of a football stadium, just like? <laughs> I think that they just all have the same mascot. <laughs> It's, le- it's definitely less of a thing in England. For sure. So it's very much a thing in Japan because unlike in America where we have mascots for sporting teams and then sometimes schools, but they're really kind of just for the sporting teams and the schools. And then you could argue that maybe a handful of brands, you know, like uh, that stupid like baby nut, like that's kind of like our mascot culture. In Japan, almost everything has a mascot. So like the big one is like cities have mascots and they don't just have like one city mascot. Each prefecture, which is similar to like a district or a county in a city. Okay. Will have its own. A borough, if you will. Yeah, will have its own mascot or sometimes more than one mascot. They also all have really complicated backstories and they interact with each other and it's become this whole thing. And I had so much fun learning about some of these. One of like, one of the ones I already mentioned was uh, Matagi no Mamichi-chan, which is the, She's a pink deer and she walks around with a big rifle and she hunts deer hunters and she tells you no more hunting. Amazing. That one's really fun. There's also uh, Tochisuke, who is the half dog, half warehouse. <laughs> You're just going to let that one sink for a second. Really took a turn in the spit there <laughs> yeah. with that final word. Yeah. I was like, half dog, half lion, half yeah. snake. Half warehouse. Yeah, so he's half dog, half warehouse, and he reps. Uh, How can it be half dog? <laughs> no, I'll show you. Hold on, we'll have to. We, this one will have to have some links in the show notes because they're just so cute. I'll show you a picture. I mean, really, he is like a dog in like little jester pants who has like a roof on his head. <laughs> what? Uh, I I just sent it to you, theoretically, right. over text. Tochisuke represents. To Chigi City, and it's because they have a lot of industry there. Um, right. One of the most well-known mascots that maybe any of you would be familiar with would be Domo, who's the kind of brown rectangular looking monster guy. He's a city Aww. mascot. There is even... Tochizuki uh, is so cute! I know. Oh, well, it's, that's the thing. They're all super cute, and that's a big part of it. It's this idea that if you can create a warm sentimentality with an actual character if you can have like a you know for lack of a better word human connection to Uh the place where you live the place where you work or even like certain social goods or social uh needs then you'll be more likely to engage with them in your everyday life and there is evidence for that like Smokey the bear yes similar to Smokey the bear so whereas we have Smokey the bear who everybody loves and i do prevent forest fires so it does work um another really popular one is a quran who is the quarantine fairy. And Quaran the quarantine fairy existed before 2020, but she's been incredibly busy. Uh, oh, yeah. My favorite thing about Quaran the quarantine fairy, and again, like, we'll, we'll include a link, is that when you look at her from behind, like, when she's drawn from the back, so she's, like, shaped yeah. like a little golden egg, and then she's wearing masks, like, she's wearing PPE, she's wearing masks and a mask and gloves, 
and then she has wings. And so when you see her from the back and she has a tail, the back of her body, which is shaped like an egg, and then her little tail look like a cue for quarantine. Oh, <laughs> oh it's very cute. So she teaches I you how to be safe it. and also how to like, um, before 2020, you know, her primary thing was about like, goods coming in and out of japan <laughs> so right yeah like, yeah, yeah things have taken a turn oh, for she foreign. really got a promotion this year yeah she really did she's been really working overtime yeah. there was another one then i read about i hope they give her a team <laughs> <laughs> that would be, yeah she needs she needs a quarantine yeah she quarantine. does uh, so then I read about one that I thought was going to take a dark turn, but I actually, it really, you know, like it, RMYT, like really makes you think. There's one that kept getting referenced and people were sort of referencing it as like a dark thing. And then also side note, I just want to point out, and again, not Japanese, not from Japan. So this is really like somebody coming sideways in to say this, but I'm also <laughs> really interested to hear people's thoughts about it. I do think it's really fucking weird the way that like Western journalists write about Japan. Like it's so mm. infantilizing. Um, it's really straight. Like, I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but like when you read a like a travel article or something that's about Japan, like you read something about England and it's like, go visit the majestic, <gasps> like go visit the moors and the Cotswolds. And you can see, you can take a ride down the Thames and see history come to yeah. life. Pretend you're Elizabeth Bennet and take a stroll, but not in the rain, you'll die. And then, whereas like, uh, when you go, when I would like look up stuff like this for, and granted like this was about like Japanese mascots and not necessarily Japanese like temples, but it would just be like, we all know and love that Japan has an eccentric side. And I'm like, uh-huh. And it like goes on and on just to be like, uh, everything that's oh so cute that you can find in Japan. And it, it just felt like really, it felt a little weird. It's not the first time I've ever noticed that. Uh, and I yeah. think it's a really strange way to, like to talk about another country that's also a lot older than our country. Like it's like, uh, like a cute little cousin is sort of weird. <laughs> I think that's part of just like the kawaii, the whole culture thing that it's like, that's the a big part of it that, especially people who like love video games and that kind of pop culture love that whole thing particularly right. the little keychains and the little figurines and like that so that just people get so swept up in that that it's really all they like they consider. think about for sure yeah. so then this i think is actually a really interesting example so one mascot that kept coming up that people would sort of point to as like a oh yeah like this is this is wilder than you think is that Asahakiwa Prison has a mascot and it's a big major prison. And they decided that they wanted to introduce a character named Katakuri-chan, who is a humanoid with a big square face. And so there's a male and female version of them, but they have a purple flower for hair. And it's like a very cute little image. And I'll admit, I see your face, Ellie. At first I was like, oh, that's, oh. Oh, I don't like, but because my mind immediately went to like the sort of American like prison industrial complex, like, hey, right, it's me, Katakuri-chan, your friend the neighborhood prison. Uh, yeah, but the, just fulfilling my quota. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the spokesman for the prison said that the reason why they started to have a mascot is because they were having difficulty finding cities and prefectures who would accept bids for the prison like they don't actually have that many prisons and so he said this is a quote society has to play its part in supporting rehabilitation of people who have served their time so their hope was that by having a mascot that people would oh. start to humanize the prisoners humanize the prison and then humanize the prisoners that were in the prison so that they would not be afraid to have a prison in their community and therefore actually get more involved with the prison maybe like volunteer their time or help with re-entry and i was like okay so almost almost like that their prison system is is engineered to help people get back into society after they come right hmm. and i mean like there is no analog for america because like yeah i don't think that like if you know fucking private prisons slapped a mascot on the front it would solve our like problems um no. but it was like it did make me realize i was like oh i am distinctly thinking about this in like a western focused or like an american-centric way of like oh that's dark when in reality yeah. it's about like taking something that's like a big part of their culture, which is like this mascot culture. And, you know, again, like applying it to social good, like Smokey the Bear or right. Quora and the Quarantine Fairy. 
Um, to dispel discrimination and fear around it. Yeah, exactly. So certain uh, cities like Osaka, which I think it's important to remember, in case you guys don't know, fun fact, Osaka was literally the inspiration for Blade Runner. It's wild. I was lucky enough to go to Osaka and it's... Um... Yeah, it's crazy. It's like these giant, very, you know, very neon buildings that have these huge, like, moving animatronics on the front of them. There's buildings that have roller coasters on them. That's just an off it's just an office building. And then there's this whole like underground arcade culture in this area called Dotonbury. It's super cool. Yeah. That's very cool. But awesome. It's baller. Yeah. I you know, in an alternate timeline, I'm there right now. And yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, so in Osaka, inspiration for Blade Runner, they have so many mascots, um, including, like, in fact, they have over 45 individual Yurukara. Uh, wow. That they actually wanted to start, um, the governor wanted to start calling the the mascots and trying to, like, whittle them down. To which everybody immediately freaked the fuck out and they were like, you're gonna kill the mascots? And he was like, yeah. no, 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 no. He's like, we're gonna bring some in and bring some out. And he, like a Disney vault situation. Where it's like from like 2020 to 2025, you can have these five mascots. You have mascots at home. You don't need any more mascots. You're good. You're good on mascots. People were so upset, including the prefecture's vice governor, who said, quote, respective departments devoted their energy to creating their mascots, and each mascot has been loved by department officials. I hope such situations will be taken into consideration. Aww. He made him make an official statement that said, "Don't touch my mascot. Don't touch it. It. I like it." There are, you know, every once in a while, there are some serious issues with mascots. For example, there was an article last January in the New York Times that was an absolutely bananker story about a rogue mascot. So here's what happened: uh, There's a small southern city in Japan named Sasaki, and they decided to create an honorary tourism ambassador for a real life otter. The otter in question was like native to that area and kind of helped with agriculture and um, like the ecology of the city. So they were like, right. oh, we're gonna take this real otter, similar to like how like zoos will do that sometimes with, you know, uh-huh. in the zoo. And we're gonna okay. make him the tourism ambassador. Not a mascot, right? Because it's not a character, it's just this real otter. Okay. Well, then somebody started dressing up as an otter and calling himself Chitan which was also the name of the real life otter. So it gets a little bit confusing. Okay. But they started doing like really kind of insane, frightening things around the oh, city no. and filming them. Like uh, swinging a weed whacker in like the middle of the city. At one point he tipped over a car. Uh, <gasps> and people started to think that that, that Chitan that was in the mascot costume was the official city otter. And so they started oh, no. sending all these like calls including like calls not just from Sasaki but calls from around Japan saying that like Chitan is bad and you know he does he's not what mascots stand for and they can't believe the city would sanction this if this is a joke it's not a funny joke the darkest moment according to the article was when Chitan posted a video that was called Chitan going to visit your house in which the mascot silently removes a baseball bat from a locker slips it into his costume and walks off camera (gasps) yeah so it got real dark so then the city (laughs) this is what's really sad after being inundated with calls about about fake chitan's antics decided that the best thing to do was decline to renew the real otter's honorary tourism ambassador contract he got fired for someone else's the real otter but then it got worse because they released an official statement saying that they were firing Chitan because that was the name of the otter. So then everybody took that as tacit proof that the mascot Chitan had oh. always been sanctioned by the city and that it had been like a viral stunt by the city. Oh no. Which nobody liked. No. Uh, <laughs> but the best thing is that there's a guy in Britain, nice, who is obsessed with uh, mascot culture in Japan. Cool. And he runs, he runs a website called Mondo Mascots. And he's, uh, he got to be quoted in this New York Times article. And his quote was, I suppose it illustrates how the world of mascots is constantly evolving in fun and unpredictable ways. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I'll leave you with the, I mentioned, you know, a dog without a job. Yeah. And this is the last little, like, 
link that I'm going to send you, Ellie, and then we're going to put it in the show notes. Okay. Which is, this is Adachin. Adachin is a little dog with white and blue fur and like a little like top knot ponytail for ears. And he's kind of chubby and he looks real sad. And uh, Adachin, the mascot, was born in 2007 for Arachi, Tokyo, that prefecture in Tokyo. Uh-huh. Uh, and he promoted arts and culture all over the prefecture and was beloved until a new mayor was elected and he said, mascots are dumb and Arachi, you're out of here. <gasps> and so since then, Arachi has just become an unofficial like rogue mascot. Uh, some call him a stray mascot. And he still goes to like events in the city, but he's no longer because like this thing is like when they're sponsored by prefectures or brands, you know, those they pay for them. They pay and they also pay the person inside of the suit. Right. Not to spoil anything. So this person just decided that they're gonna continue to be out of chain and like <laughs> the city can be damned. And now and to support his efforts, he sells merch, including shirts that say the mayor hated me and I got fired. With a picture of Adachin. That is incredible. It's very good. The mayor hated me. The mayor hated me. <laughs> and the little picture of his t-shirt is just like holding his head. He's just like, I can't believe the mayor hated me. And I got fired. Uh, anyway, uh, I think if you need just like a little cute moment in your life, you should go look up all the mascots. Like you can just put like Tokyo mascot japan mascot they'll pop up like i said it's, it's kind of it's it's one of many it's one of the beautiful tapestry of subcultures in japan because mm-hmm. japan is a whole ass country with with all sorts of things to offer um because i too <laughs> I, I don't want to you know contribute to like this weird infantilizing of of japanese culture but right i thought this was fucking ruled and i was trying to think <laughs> about, like what are some things like in my life that I wish, you know, that there was like, like, what if we had a mascot that was just to like help women remember to like pee after somebody comes in them so you don't get a UTI? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna get Ellie. And it's like, what? Uh, I was like, yeah, like HEB should have a mascot. HEB does have a mascot, it's the HE Buddy. What? <laughs> I think it's mostly geared towards children, and that's why you haven't seen it. But there's an HE buddy, and you can get, if you're a child, you can get buddy bucks. What the fuck is HE buddy? HE <gasps> buddy. He's like a little, like, he's sack a gr- lunch. He's a sack lunch. <laughs> yeah, it's an energy. Oh my goodness. Well, Chelsea. Oh, I mean, I've got to start off with um, five just for Adachin. Thank you. Adachin was the dog. The dog would have a job. I'm going to add five for, I think you raised an amazing point that we should uh, look at Japan as a whole culture and not just a uh, super kawaii. And, and then I'm going to take away two for the British guy who has the audacity <laughs> to make his whole professional career seemingly about Japanese mascots. Yeah. Um, he is the that... preeminent expert. Oh. <laughs> and that's a yikes from me. <laughs> um, but I love that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, and I, I just found an interesting article that I might send um, for the show notes that is about the infant, uh, infantilization of Japan. Oh, please uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. It seems very interesting. Well, what a lovely episode. I'm really glad that we did the nice thing at the end. We really brought Me it back. Me too. I think you had that was the right call, Al. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been like, and on that sex cult slave news. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show, folks. And this way we get to be like, somebody give Adachin a job. Oh, yeah. And if you're looking to hire Adachin, you can find him at, no, you can find him at <laughs> Adachin Prefecture, I guess. Or you can probably find him through Mondo Mascots. Yeah, there you go. Real. Just go ahead and email that guy. Yeah, and be like, I hire him. He's mine now. Uh, well, he can, well, he can work remote now. It's a pandemic. <gasps> oh, can, we, <laughs> can he be our mascot? Gosh, we probably can't afford him. We probably can't, but we could try. We could tweet him. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. And be like, we'll give you a job, buddy. Job for you. All job right. for you. Ellie, where can people find you? Oh my Are goodness, you, so you stole it from under me. People can find me at <laughs> Ellie Main on Instagram and Ellie Maney on Twitter. Chelsea, where can people find you? 
People can find me at Chelsea Harfouche, wherever internets are sold. I was inspired by Eliza the other week when she said, go learn something. And I thought, oh my gosh, you stole the catchphrase. It was (laughs) wild. Well, now that you've done it this way around, you have to give all the other information. Ah, I was going to say, I realized that what I had done afterwards, because it's like, oh my God, can I do this? I don't know if I can do it the way that you do it. Let's see. Um, and you can find this podcast at what pod on Instagram and Twitter, where we put really cool graphics that Ellie puts together of like super surreal incept, like Christopher Nolan could never like montages <laughs> of all the topics uh, and fun stuff like uh-huh. that and fun facts. And you can find this podcast and us and our merch and our Patreon at those two girls.club, which is our fun little website. And there's also a little secret spot on there. Uh, and if you are, if you've listened to this episode, if you've gotten this far and you're like, man, I really didn't know that about that dog without a job, then consider helping us by leaving a review on iTunes, a review on Spotify. I don't know if that's a thing, but a review wherever you listen to this podcast, because it really helps us get the word out. And hopefully other people who are just searching, maybe Adachine or Nexium, maybe this will show up. It'll be more likely to show up in their search results. Uh, so that's, that's just true. me being very transparent with you about why we always ask you to do that. And it would mean a lot if you could. It would be awesome. I mean, oh. did I miss anything? No, you nailed it. Yes. And uh, while, you're at, while you're doing all that, guys, maybe this week, I don't know, you'll learn something. Hell yeah. Look, keep it loose, keep it tight. Say your prayers at night. <laughs>